Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Tuesday, October 24th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Starting out on the weather front, Riverside will be feeling a mild warmth today with a high of 78.7 degrees and a low of 57.0. Now, turning to what's slated for the show. First, we'll delve into the complex labyrinth that is the current state of the U.S. economy and financial markets as we dissect matters of inflation, labor issues, interest rates, and more. Then we will bring you the latest finance and investment buzz, courtesy of Stan Cho, as highlighted in the San Francisco Chronicle. Later in the show, we examine the latest International Energy Agency report that indicates an urgent call to action for us to move closer to our climate goals and boost investments in clean energy technologies. And of course, we haven't forgotten our book enthusiasts. We'll take a dive into an array of book-related news and reviews, ranging from brand new graphic novels to the world of Minecraft. All this and more coming up on Alex's News. Stay tuned. Good morning, viewers. Up next, we've got a deep dive into our top story for today, the current state of the economy and financial markets in the United States. Ethan, our resident economics reporter, is here with me. Ethan, can you give us an overview based on what the New York Times is reporting? Absolutely, Grace. Well, we know the Times reports that economists missed the mark on inflation, consumer behavior, and labor markets for about three years now. That raises the question, why? Indeed, Ethan. What does the article suggest? What could be potential implications of this trend? The article doesn't give us a definitive answer, Grace, but it does shed light on multiple factors that might contribute to these continuous miscalculations. As for implications, this could call into question the effectiveness of economic forecasting and its influence on decision-making, both for policymakers and the private sector. All right. The article also talks about federal attempts to foster tech hubs outside major cities. Can you speak on that? Yes, a new federal program is looking at whether distributing funds to regions outside of major urban centers could yield economic benefits. 31 locations have been chosen to compete for funding, which could potentially drive economic development as these otherwise overlooked areas. More from Detroit. It looks like the United Automobile Workers Union strike has expanded to a ram plant. How might this impact the automotive industry? It certainly could, Grace. The ongoing strike might disrupt the production of one of Stellantis's most profitable vehicles. With 6,800 workers involved, it tells us a larger story about labor disputes and their effects on key American industries. We also hear that high interest rates could impact sectors like baking and farming. What might this mean? Higher interest rates mean credit becomes more expensive. So, for anyone who is reliant on taking out loans or using credit, that's quite a few of us, this could change the game. The fallout of these changes will be something to watch for sure. Moving to a global view, the U.S. is restricting sales of chip-making machinery to China. What are the reasons and potential implications of this action? Well, Grace, this decision comes as Chinese companies are racing to stockpile this type of equipment. It points to ongoing economic competition between the U.S. and China. As for implications, this move could impact China's tech capabilities while also potentially hitting revenues for U.S. chipmakers. Meanwhile, Americans' wealth has jumped up significantly during the pandemic, correct? 
That's right, Grace. Federal Reserve data shows an unprecedented 37% leap in wealth which is being attributed to stimulus checks, a robust job market, and increases in stock and housing prices. It's a vivid depiction of the overall health of our economy. And according to Federal Reserve Chair Jerome H. Powell, this might justify higher interest rates. Grace, if our strong economic growth continues and the labor market doesn't cool down, Powell has pointed to the possible need for more action, which may well mean higher interest rates. Lastly, the report talks about U.S. tightening China's access to advanced chips for artificial intelligence. How might this affect or reflect on the tech rivalry? You've hit the nail on the head, Grace. This action serves two purposes. First, it disrupts Beijing's ambitions in the realm of AI. Second, it marks a strategic plot point in a further intense and growing economic competition between the U.S. and China, particularly in the tech sector. Thanks for drawing out that big picture for us, Ethan. Very informative. Always a pleasure, Grace. Stay tuned, viewers. We've got three more top stories to get through. Ethan, we'll be speaking with you again soon. We're moving now to story two of four, a fascinating piece from the San Francisco Chronicle on the world of finance and investments. To help us break this down and understand the implications, we have our expert news reporter, Chloe. Can you give us a quick overview, Chloe? Absolutely. Grace, happy to help. The article in question is by Stan Cho, who writes for the Associated Press. It made its appearance on October 23, 2023, and it zooms in on the complex and often bewildering universe of finance and investments. That sounds incredibly intriguing. What's the main theme or concern being addressed? Cho's story doesn't dwell on just one facet of finance. Instead, he weaves a comprehensive panorama. There's an emphasis on stock market trends, the effects of economic policies and forecasts, and a generous sprinkling of expert insights on investment strategies. And all this information, dot how might it shape the decisions or perspective of the regular reader? Well, Grace, the story's depth enables readers to dive beyond the surface. It offers insights into the mechanics of markets, the role of policies in shaping economic landscapes, and how these elements affect our everyday lives. So, it's a potential treasure trove for anyone with an interest in finance, whether they are a novice investor or a seasoned professional. Speculation can be a dangerous thing, but it's also integral to finance. Does the piece provide any predictions or potentially future-shaping events? It does, Grace. And that's also what gives the story its edge. It introduces readers to future trends they may need to be aware of, and even offers some expert-backed investment strategies. But, as with all things finance, there's a cautionary note about the unpredictability inherent in this field. Incredibly enlightening, Chloe. Now considering the highly dynamic nature of finance, are there other key peculiarities or factors that one should take note of in this article? The article certainly covers a wide variety of specific elements. Cho points out the importance of keeping a keen eye on policy changes and market trends. He also stresses understanding one's own risk tolerance when browsing various investment options. A wealth of knowledge indeed. Chloe, we appreciate your insights, time, and expertise. Thanks for breaking down this extensive finance piece. Always a pleasure, Grace. I look forward to discussing the next story with you. Good morning, folks. Welcome back.
Right away, let's move to story number three for today, from the International Energy Agency, commonly referred to as the IEA. Now, this is about the latest report from IEA, stressing high-time investment in clean energy systems and technologies. Isn't it, Ethan? Yes, that's right, Grace. The report is indeed emphasizing the urgent need to move towards renewable sources of energy. It makes some rather significant projections regarding the rise in the number of electric vehicles and the share of renewable energy in the world's electricity mix. Let's delve deeper into these projections. Can you tell our listeners more about them, Ethan? Absolutely, Grace. Firstly, the report estimates by 2030, half the cars being sold in the United States will be electric. That is a substantial rise indeed. Additionally, They also project that renewable energy will fulfill 50% of the world's electricity needs by 2030, which is a significant increase from the current levels, which hover around 30%. It's indeed astonishing to imagine such a sizable shift. However, the report seems to suggest that these transitions need to be speeded up. Can you shed some light on why that is? It goes back to our commitment to limit global warming, Grace. The report underlines that to effectively limit the rise in global temperatures to within 1.5 degrees Celsius, we need to make this transition faster. As a roadmap, they suggest tripling our renewable energy capacity, doubling down on energy efficiency measures and significantly reducing methane emissions from fossil fuel operations by 75% within this decade. I understand that some critics believe the strategies proposed, particularly around methane, are not ambitious enough. Isn't that right? That's true, Grace. There are voices in the environmental community that believe the methane reduction strategy could be even more ambitious. At the same time, others are pointing toward potential complications from geopolitical tensions, inflation, and fluctuating interest rates. All that can indeed impact the energy markets. And there's also this matter of China's role within the global energy market. Yes, Grace. The report does highlight the growing role of China in the global energy scenario. Interestingly, it also emphasizes the need for increasing investment in clean energy technologies, a domain where China is showing serious ambitions in investment. This report sounds incredibly important. Where can our listeners find more details, Ethan? Several outlets have covered this report, Grace, including Reuters, NPR, and CNBC. Also, this is all based on the World Energy Outlook for 2023 by the IEA. So, that's a great source for getting into deeper detail. Thank you, Ethan. This definitely gives us some food for thought about where we're headed in terms of our energy future. Absolutely, Grace. It's going to be quite fascinating to see how this all unfolds. Indeed, it is. Thank you for the insight, Ethan. We will move on to our next story after this short break. Today, we delve into the exciting world of books and literature. Our talented reporter, Chloe, has been keeping a close watch on the current literary scene. Chloe, you've been looking into a graphic novel adaptation. Can you tell us more about it? Absolutely, Grace. It's the graphic novel adaptation of Richard Adams' classic, Watership Down. It's creating quite a stir with its absolutely stunning visual storytelling. We often forget that stories can be told without words, and this one proves just that. Sounds fascinating. There's also a segment about James Patterson, isn't there? Yes. The article offers an incredible insight into Patterson's writing process. As many know, Patterson has enchanted the world with his suspenseful thrillers and has sold over 375 million copies worldwide. 
What a remarkable accomplishment. Speaking of suspenseful thrillers, any recommendations for our viewers? Indeed, there's a list of five mystery and thriller books that the article recommends to keep readers occupied this fall. Each one has been chosen for their intricate plot lines and unpredictable twists. What about historical narratives? Have there been any interesting developments in that genre? Definitely. In an in-depth interview, David Gran, author of Flower Moon, talks about his research process and the importance of uncovering hidden historic stories. His work is centered around the conspiracy to murder the Osage people, a dark chapter in American history that's often overlooked. That certainly sounds in-depth and riveting, Chloe. Are there any other notable mentions we should keep an eye out for? Yes, the article highlights other prominent figures in the literary world, including Curtis Chin with his new memoir, Poet Adrian's new book, and several interviews with successful authors. Unfortunately, the article also covers the sad passing of Nobel laureate Louise Gluck. That's certainly a loss for the literary world. Now, there is also a section related to education and Minecraft. Can you elaborate more on that? Certainly, Grace. The article has a segment on Minecraft the Village, which argues that Minecraft is much more than a game. It can be used as an effective educational tool. It showcases how the virtual world can be an engaging and fun platform for learning. What a wonderful shift in perspective. Lastly, there's exciting news about the National Book Awards. Could you share that with our listeners? Certainly. The final highlight of the piece is about LeVar Burton replacing Drew Barrymore as the host of the National Book Awards. One could say, it's the perfect culmination to a news piece brimming with literary highlights. Absolutely, Chloe. Thank you so much for taking us through this intricate maze of literary updates. We can't wait to catch up on all these fascinating insights. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the 11 Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.